You want to be hardcore. You want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us. We've got a pay-per-view episode, one unlike one that we've, uh, or unlike any that we've done on this show up to this date. Before we get into that, make sure that you head over to whatamaneuver.net. Get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies, especially for the miniature Drunk Mark and Drunk Marquettes that you have. Show off that Drunk Wrestling History logo, loud and proud, so they can look like a Drunk Wrestling Historian. It's never too early to start thinking about Halloween. So Exactly. That's good true. Point, Mike. That's good true. So, yeah, you could, you could dress as a Drunk Mark for Halloween. Yeah, and then uh, or dresses one of us. <laughs> my God, if you if your kids dress like uh, Eddie or Scott, you better send those pictures over to wrestling underscore drunk. But also yeah, drunk wrestling history shirt, cargo shorts, uh, you know, gr- green camo cargo shorts, bands, tattoo sleeve, and you p- tattoo sleeve, and you probably have to put on a couple pounds. <laughs> put your hat on backwards too, and put a backwards hat. Yes, yeah. not like Fred Durst, like Eddie Martin. Right, right. But you get those uh, shirts at whatamaneuver.net to buy a fucking costume. There we go. Buy a fucking shirt. Alcohol's not cheap, goddammit. FFS. <laughs> what do you guys got to drink today? I'm drinking, Um, you know what? I threw the damn, I threw the can away and I shouldn't have. I'm drinking, I ordered a bunch of beers online and there are these crazy sours and shit. I'm drinking a lemon bar um, sour it's sort of smoothie-ish, though. Like, it's got a little bit of body to it. The way, like, if you, you can see it on the camera. Dude, it looks so dense. It, it's, that looks it's like apple thick. cider. Did you it's come in thick, that beer? Thick. <laughs> no, but it, it, I think it might have lactose, but if you, you can't see the top, but the top has got a really weird head on it. It's not like any other beer. <sighs> I almost was like, did I wash this glass? But I took it just out of the dishwasher earlier today, so I know the glass is clean, but it foamed up really weird. But it's good. It tastes just like a lemon bar. Like, it's not as sweet as a lemon bar, but it's the exact flavor of a lemon bar. Dude, I would hella and, try uh, that. It's good. It's good. Um, we brought one over last night, but we didn't. We forgot to bring them in uh, when we were at your house. Oh, and then I got a Corona good. on. I got a Corona on deck because I'm probably I'm almost halfway through this. Nice. Well, I'm sticking with blackened as per my usual, but I mixed it up a little bit. I did a blackened sour as I was oh, drinking so them last night when you guys came over for a little bit. I was. You uh, have that sweet and sour mix at your house. Exactly. Yeah. So a little sweet and sour, a lot of blackened. And Shannon made a simple syrup, so I added a little bit of that just to sweeten it up oh, a little Jesus bit. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's really good, dude. That's too sweet. Well, I guess I haven't tasted the sweet and sour, but you shouldn't need to add sugar, sugar to it. Well, the weird thing about the sweet and sour that we bought is that it tastes kind of lemony, and there's very, very little sweet taste to it. 
So it did, it, it actually helped it. The simple syrup that Shannon made actually helped it a lot. And it came okay. out really good, if I do say so myself. And uh, hey, I got a little in the shaker, if you can hear that. I could hear, I could see it and I could hear it. And you can see this on YouTube because we are, our uh, FaceTime call is now on YouTube. Look at us go. And I'm only about an inch big and I can't figure out how to make my screen bigger. <laughs> next time you make a whiskey sour, next time you make a whiskey sour, two parts whiskey, one part simple syrup, one part lemon juice. That's the perfect, that's how you do it. You don't use don't that sweet and sour shit. Fuck no. Fuck okay. no. Got it. Yeah, and I prefer it with the egg white, but I know you're weird about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you like cum in your beer, so. Yeah. So it's Friday when you're hearing this. If you guys want to make a whiskey sour at home while you're listening to us, that's that's the recipe. Two ounces, of, uh, two ounces of whiskey, an ounce of simple, ounce of lemon juice. See, those are two public service uh, announcements that we have made. We're, we look after our listeners. We really do. Uh, I'm finishing off uh, some Mr. Pibb from lunch. And... <laughs> and... Uh, I have a Henry Weinhardt's root beer. Those uh, are fucking awesome. Those it are is, so good, dude. It's smooth. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's the best root beer. It really well. A and W Draft is really really good. Like it's a classic. But dude, that mm-hmm. Henry Weinhardt is like next level. Yep. It's good shit. It is good shit, pal. <laughs> Buddy. Uh, they didn't have any notes. I'm not getting the joke. I th- nothing. Go ahead. Isn't this the joke? Oh, I don't. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> well, we'll find Please. out. We'll discuss this uh, later. We have contact information. Um, <laughs> Adam with the super bad reference. I maybe, but we'll see. Okay, uh, I ha- they didn't have a no. I, I don't even know what's going on at this point. I, did we take a hard left somewhere? Some, I think we did. something like that. They don't have a, a note, but I have one. Uh, this is our first recording since the release of the Mount Heenan episode. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported me with my decision to put Rico on my uh, on my list. And I'm sh- and it was a shocking number of people. It was like two. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's a win. I'll take it. But okay, but wondering really, why would you put him of all? I would say like after uh two after two thousand one, there were not that many managers, and even if there were managers, I didn't think that they'd be good enough to put on a Mount Rushmore, anyways. Uh, case in point, uh, Stacy Keebler became Tests manager for like five minutes or so. And then uh, she said there was one segment where she wanted him to reach out to all his fans, have a nickname for his fans. And so she made him say, and I quote, I want to say hi to all my testicles. Hmm. And that wasn't enough to make it to your list. It was. okay. Made just fell short. What about James Mitchell? I really, really considered him. Okay, yeah, yeah that's what he Jeff was, was asking me. He's like, dude, why didn't he go James Mitchell? Like, Adam watched TNA. Oh, yeah, definitely know about James Mitchell. Uh, yeah, I definitely considered him. Uh, I just, okay, so he was I'm in just the running. A, just on a personal uh, note, I don't think he made the cut. Or he just uh, didn't make the cut, but... Okay, got it. He, he, he was in the mix. Um, okay. Almost did it. All right, very good. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to defend myself on that one. <laughs> All right. And speaking of TNA, we are at episode 120 plus. 
something I think like, we're like that. 113 or 14. 113. Uh, something like that. 113, 114. Uh, it feels like 360. It does. <laughs> we are finally doing a pay-per-view review from TNA. <laughs> and it only took almost 120 episodes to get pra- there. Practically. Uh, Adam, I want to hear a lot from you on this episode. Me too. Like, this was your shit. Like, you, this is kind of when you came into wrestling. You were about four years into wrestling at this point. You were probably the biggest TNA fan that I know today. So, I'm hoping I hear a lot from you on this episode. And he remembers stuff too, because I was a huge TNA fan at this point. Um, I might have watched this pay-per-view. I was getting TNA pay-per-views on occasion. Like I, watched I definitely didn't watch this one. Because, you know, back then, Raw was two hours. SmackDown, I, th- I think SmackDown was already two hours. Yeah. So it was easy to squeeze in one more hour. You know what I mean? Um, so I watched TNA every week. I loved it. There were times where it was actually my favorite show, you know, uh, at any given point. Like, there were times I liked it better than WWE. But I haven't watched it in years, and I forgot so much. Like, I remembered everybody on this show, but there were guys I couldn't remember who was a face, who was a heel, who was, right. you know, aligned with who. So I forgot way more than I could remember. Um, but what's funny is, like, yeah, you said it, how many episodes we've done. We get requests all the time for pay-per-views to review. I think we've gotten, since we started the show, like, two requests for TNA pay-per-views. Oh, those like, are the same two people that defended Adam's pick of Rico. <laughs> they could be they could be yeah yeah right it might be Adam Adam it's Adam's murder accounts Adam has aliases yeah that's yeah, what like, the VPN you know, is for like, people will be like do this this pay-per-view and that and like all these really obscure WWE and WCW ones and no one ever be- mentions TNA um, or um, I mean we've even gotten like oh I wish you guys would do more indies stuff like that but never TNA specifically so we just thought of this one on our own. I was like, hey, it's, it's time. It's been over 100 episodes. Let's finally get around to TNA. It was their time. They were due for sure. Yeah. Last of the Shaker going down, by the way. Here it is. Beautiful. Unless uh, unless Dixie finally figured out how to uh, properly email us a message. Yeah, we actually did only, a Dixie And only did pay-per-view. it once or twice. <laughs> right. Couldn't, yeah, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't stack up the votes. Yeah. This, so let's get into the show. This is uh, this is literally ju- or just before my fandom time. So a lot of recognized names, but I would still say the direction that they're going with this is definitely the foundation uh, or it's the foundation that it uh, followed when I became a TNA fan. Uh, okay. So what, so what you're saying is if I wanted to do a pay-per-view where you would have known a lot of what was going on. I did a fine job of picking. You did. You did a fine, sexy ass job of picking yeah, it. I picked one from just before you started watching. <laughs> it, well done, Eddie. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was. Oh, so let me let me put this out there with the reason we're doing this one. Um, the whole reason we're doing this one is because it's on YouTube. Right. We didn't pay for that shit. That was it. We don't have any DVDs or anything, but this one was the full version of it was free on YouTube and it had Macho's last TV match. So, because there were like five or six that I found on YouTube, but I knew this one had Macho Man's last TV match. So I was like, okay, let's do this one then. So aside from commercials, it was really convenient just to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. We didn't right. pay for shit. Yeah. It was suggested, so, uh, go to your local library because I think they do have the DVDs there. But problem is, do we have DVD players at our residences? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just like Dixie Carter booking TNA, we put almost zero thought into which pay per view to do. <laughs> oh, this has Macho Man in it. Fuck it. Let's watch this one. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> 
for this week's oh, episode. We're taking it back to the year of our Lord, 2004, uh, December 5th of 2004 at the Impact Zone in Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. This is TNA Turning Point. Uh, the Professor Mike Tenay and Don West are your commentators. Don West is uh, very, his shirt nightmare. is very silky and shiny. Leathery, almost. Leathery. I don't think it's a shiny shirt, dude. I think he sweat through the whole thing, like, <laughs> uniformly. Because <laughs> he is fired up during this. I mean, that's a guy, you know, this is this dude is a sweater. What a weird fucking guy to get as your play-by-play person. Like, I remember in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, Don West was a part of the Shop at Home Network. And he basically, <laughs> he emptied my wallet of cash and made me buy so many sports cards and bullshit that I didn't need. But he was such a good salesman. When TNA got him to be a play-by-play guy, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's where he wasn't in any kind of wrestling previous to this. No, dude, this was his oh first. Oh my god, dude! I, I thought you know what? I thought he was in WCW, but I think no. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Mark Madden. Right, you're thinking of Madden. Yeah, no, dude. Who I but, also didn't like. I couldn't stand Mark Madden either. No, I wasn't a fan either. Like, I actually liked Don West a lot. I, I watched them on Shop at Home all the time. And he right, was always right. shilling sports cards and bullshit I didn't need. And I bought so much of it. Like, it was insane. No like, why do I need a Mike Schmidt autographed Phillies hat? I don't know. But Don West is telling me to buy it. He's very enthusiastic. Fuck it. I'm buying it. And then he became TNA's play-by-play guy. And it was just, it was really weird. But you know what? He did a fine job. Well, that's why he was so fired up during the shows. He was probably hanging out with Billy Gaines before. <laughs> and we all know what kind of things Billy Gaines was up to. Yeah, they ate a lot of powdered donuts, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Love them powdered donuts. Yeah. Were you eating beignets before the show, Don? Your <laughs> <laughs> eyes so big. How many? So anyway, my first note, well, let's get into the video package, but my first note after the video package is Don West is fucking annoying. That's literally the first <laughs> thing I put. So the video package is Kings of Wrestling, uh, just being dicks, and Macho comes out to straighten them out. It's a bad video. Um, it looked like Paul they were going ne- for like that WCW NWO like weird cutscene, like camera shaking yeah. and like cutaways and it looked like they were going for that but it was very poorly executed and they're dressed like Elvis or in an old Cadillac yes yeah. just which didn't make sense the only rub- thing that made sense that of- rubber uh, Elvis uh, thi- Elvis uh, hair I, mask I didn't get any of it though thing. the only thing about it that made sense was Hall getting pulled over Apart from that, I was just like, what am I watching? And I can't believe, like, all this time. Shame on you, goddammit, Eddie. (laughs) How dare you? Scott, you sure you should be dry? I'm fine. I'm fine. And then they literally do a jump cut transition with a crash sound. Really? Really, TNA? Yeah. That was in poor taste. Like, because didn't we recently review a WCW pay-per-view where the whole angle was Hall was drunk? Yeah. And, here, yeah. and now in TNA, however many years later, in 2004, same fucking joke. Like, it's not funny. Yeah, right. Yeah, no no wonder he fucking drank himself to death. Yeah, they totally you played I mean? into it. Yeah. In his career. Like, what the fuck, guys? Knock it off. I'd also like to point out in uh, 2004, I turned 30. That tells you how wow. long ago this was. Yeah, that was a long... Well, fuck. Yeah. Ages uh, ago. Yeah. I would have been 21. Yeah, almost 20 years ago, actually, when you think about it, which is scary that yeah. 2004 was almost 20 years ago. Yeah, frightening. Um, God damn, yeah, someone, has a ta- someone has a towel over their head and Abyss has balloons. I'm just confused by the whole thing. Yeah, what's the like fuck a Rob Zombie oh. video or something. 
Oh, uh, no. Obviously, that's, that's Vincent Kennedy McMahon in Triple H. I did not obviously. realize that. Okay, well, they do show up later. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah. And yeah, that Ab- makes Abyss brought the balloons because that's exactly what Vince and uh, Triple H want. Welcome balloons. And, I love that. And he even asked him, do you know what kind of game you're playing? I don't think those are the kind of balloons Vince is into. <laughs> makes sense. Vince, Vince prefers them attached to a paralegal. <laughs> All right. But uh, before... You're on fire tonight, dude. <laughs> Yeah, before we yeah, I don't know I don't know what oh, percent yeah. this this sour is. <laughs> that foamy one? Yeah, the foamy sour. The fucking thick sour beer? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the first match. All right. Uh, like 17 coming? minutes into this. So um yeah, but before we get in, uh to the first match really quick, again, this is our first TNA show. Figured we just need to go over uh the keys to the show. Okay. We've just uh came off uh Invasion Month. But this feels like an invasion because Vince and Triple H appear in the show. And obviously it's them. Why are they at the show? And what are they looking for? We're going to find out. Uh, This is also listed as having Macho Man's last televised match. And uh, will he be utilized well? How emotional will Eddie and Scott get knowing that uh, uh, this is the fact and uh, covering his match? We'll see if they're entertained and uh, see... Uh, what else they have to say about uh, TNA utilizing him. And lastly, uh, do we have enough alcohol to consume during this episode? Because Eddie has made it clear that he didn't want me to have an eating gimmick for this episode. Therefore, I'm not eating any cookies or muffins or mahi-mahi. But despite this, <laughs> how Scott, how drunk will Scott and Eddie get covering the show? And will it help us gain listeners that buy fucking shirts? We're ready to find out. Well done, dude. Yeah. Well, Adam with the tail of the tape. I love Exa- it. Exactly, because they have, like, the keys to the match. They do, and mm-hmm. that was actually one of the first notes I had about this match. Um, they started with the tail of the tape type thing, which I liked a lot. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. And said opening match is for the NWA Tag Team Championship. The Champions 3 Live Crew, consisting of BG James and Ron The Truth Killings, taking on Team Canada with Bobby Roode and Eric Young with Scott Demore. I remember... Was wh- there a third? Was there a third guy in 3 Live Crew? Uh, Conan. Billy Gunn. Conan. But uh, he's oh, injured. Oh, Conan. That's right. Okay. He's okay. injured, but they pretty much did that... Uh, that uh, New Day rule. Technically, uh, BG James and Conan were the champions, but uh, Truth uh, takes the spot. Well, uh, that's actually called the Freebird rule. Freebird free rule. Free rule, yes. Yeah. Show some respect. <laughs> Dude, same old stick from Road Dog. Uh, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, he does the same promo. Yeah. And I was like, once he throws a few punches, we'll have seen his entire stick. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. all. That, that's all. That, yeah, that's it. Like, he just like... Bangs it right out in a hurry. Exactly. You know, we ran the gamut of his gimmick. Came for. Yep. Yeah. Do you oh, remember them Scott. as Road Dog and K Quick? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just curious. I do. I mm-hmm. actually thought Billy Gunn was in TNA way before he actually was. Because he didn't actually go in there until like 06, 07, right? Something like that. Was, uh, Kip James. He joined yes. the yeah, Kip James. Yeah, that sounds yes. right. He joined the beautiful people for like five minutes. Because he's beautiful. Well, of course. I mean... Mr. S. Yeah. Three yeah, Live Crew kind of look like, like a poor man's Dudley Boys. 
Who did? Three LK, three life crew. The way they were dressed kind of looked like a poor man's Dudley boys. Yeah, kind of. I could see that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, that's better than looking like Scott Demore. Scott Demore looks more like a professional bowler than a professional wrestler. <laughs> Dude, he totally does. Yeah. Right? He, he just totally does. Not look does like, yeah. Yeah, he looks like he should have a cigarette in his mouth and a beer next to him and just, you know, throwing a ball down the lane. Right. Nailing a 270. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot how dumb that six-sided ring was until I watched this. Oh, uh, it was, yeah. And I know a lot of people like it, but that ring was stupid. No, I hated it. I still have never grown used to it yeah. or gained an appreciation for it all these years later. I go back and watch, and I'm like, trash. Yeah, it's garbage ring, and then they got rid of it, and then they went back to it. Yep. Yep. I didn't of mind all the it, things to not but... reinvent in wrestling, that's the one. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so early on in the match, Road Dog holds um, Eric Young's legs and a truth drop kicks his dick from the top rope. That should have been the end of the match. Pretty much. Like this match should have been one minute long and it should have been one from a uh, missile drop kick to the dick. Yeah, that's a but wicked finishing move. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that would be the greatest finisher of all time. Like how could you lose to that? <laughs> or, I mean, how could you How could you not lose to that? A jumping bomb dick kick. Yeah, it's, it's, almost as good, it's almost as good as the Rougeau's dick to the face from the top rope. Right, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's the move that should have been called the total penetration <laughs> um, the ball it's, gag it's smoky in that arena was there pyro at the beginning of the show yes or are they okay I was I didn't see the pyro I guess and I was like I thought people were smoking I oh. thought they were allowed to smoke in there oh no RVD like, showed up <laughs> yeah um, okay um, also the sound on this pay-per-view was terrible because the crowd was way louder than the announcers which is not a bad thing when Don West is one of the announcers um, you, dude, he wasn't that bad. He was that, he was exactly that bad. That's how bad he was. Oh, I didn't mind Don West. He brought, um, and because I knew him from shop at home, like he brought like a Mark enthusiasm to the whole thing. Like he didn't have a wrestling background really. Like they just kind of brought him in. Like you can talk, be a wrestling announcer. Like that's right. the way I kind of took it from him is that he didn't have that experience, but he brought an enthusiasm. I didn't mind. I mean, they did that with other people who did fine, like coach, but yeah. Don West, I don't know. He just was obnoxious. Coach, I didn't mind. Coach him. seemed to develop his own character. I think Don West, he was, I guess by this description, he was hired to TNA. He did his homework so that he could understand TNA, and that's why he was so enthusiastic. It's like he and TNA were both faces uh, yes. uh, announcing everything. He was just so excited. Don't defend him, Adam. Don't defend him. What, Adam can like uh, Don West? I can have opinions. <laughs> I thought yeah. this America. Rico on your Mount Rushmore is fine, but Don West being a good actor. Oh, that's pushing it. It's a bridge too far. Nobody said he was good. We said he was tolerable. He's tolerable. Okay, I guess I can live with that. Um, there's lots of back and forth early on. It's um, it's it's kind of a cool match. It was action packed. Um, Team good Canada opener. goes for the yeah. Team Canada goes for the dick leg drop after getting heat on Truth for a while, and he sloppily blocks him. Tags Road Dog in. Road Dog does his dance and a couple punches, and I'm like, I'm surprised at how much we liked him. Because yeah. now we've seen his whole thing. You yeah. know, he gets in the ring, and in 10 seconds, he just blows his wad. Right. And that's all there is. He's, and he's got that suplex, and that's it. You know, that fallaway suplex. And I'm like, why did we like Road Dog back in the day? Because he could talk. I, and in the Attitude Era, a lot of times, that's what you needed. But he didn't even talk. He just did the, the entrance, because even when DX would come out and cut a promo, he would just say that on the way to the ring. He'd introduce him. Yep. He was Michael Buffer. You know, pretty much. And then like Triple H would do the talking or X-Pac would do the talking, but he didn't even really talk a whole lot. He just did his, you know, sing along thing, but it, it worked. It worked. Well, he was blessed to have good partners that could carry a match. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. Where he didn't have to do too much. He could just do his shtick, and it was good enough for us. Right. You hide him behind Road Dogg or R-Truth. Or Billy Gunn and R-Truth, yes. Or, uh, yeah, Billy Gunn, I mean. Um, lots of chaos in the in the match. Uh, the bowler breaks up a pin. The, the ref is distracted. <laughs> and the other team candidate who run in, runs in, and he hits Road Dogg with a hockey stick for the win. Um, and we the got most Canadian camps. thing he could do. Right. Yeah, right. Um, the fucking crowd hit him was... with a can of Molson. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the only other thing you could do with Team Canada. Yeah, or Crown. Hit him with a jug of maple syrup. Or <laughs> Rickard's Red. Yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> the crowd was hot, but I, to me, the match never felt like it clicked. It just kind of never really, I don't know, it was almost like it was over before it got started. It just, the match didn't really work for me. I didn't think it was very good, but the crowd was hot probably. They're excited about the pay-per-view and it's the opening match. Yeah, they just had pyro. The place was full of smoke. Yeah. It was exciting. So, it was a fine opener. It wasn't anything fantastic. We're not going to write home exactly. about it, but it was fine. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the pug, Shane Douglas, is in the back interviewing Dusty, who was completely phoning it in. It's like the worst Dusty promo I've ever seen. It was pretty bad. And he calls the internet the crazy machine. Yeah. And he's talking about Cookie Gate. Which I have no idea what that is. And honestly, I don't even know if we I don't even know if we get to the bottom of that by the end of the show. Like you guys might have to explain this to me. I think Adam would be the the person who's going to explain this. Just because okay. just because it's cookies. My my logical guess is that it's a ref having Vince and Triple H present per se. I think maybe it's a dig to like when Deborah was bringing in cookies during the invasion angle. Remember, she was known for that. Oh, hmm. I just don't know I, if that. I hope I it's not but that. It's a, Cause that is such but a, it's just so weird far. Reach. It's so far yeah. fetched. Like, or that's so much of a stretch to make that much of a reference towards WWE. So I don't, yeah, I don't even. Okay. Think so you don't know playing. what it is. You're just, you don't know what it is. You just have a guess. It's my, so you guys listening to this. Guess. Yeah. Hit me up on Twitter and explain cookie gate to me. Cause I'm lost. I'm completely lost. Well, I mean, they do show it in the video later. Like, do they? That they took cookies to the thing, but like, it's not explained why it became a whole thing about the cookies. The thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really not clear. Well, like you said, had to, Dixie just kind of phoned it in. Zero thought. Russo had to be working there by this point, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> Probably. I mean, some knucklehead was. I don't know who came up with this shit. Um, then we get Kid Cash talking shit to Snooka, who, who knew Jimmy Snooka was there at this point. And I got to say, he's not the kind of guy you want to talk shit to. He'll drop you on your head if you piss him off. He'll fucking kill you. Right? He gets oh, no ma- I mean, maybe not because Jared isn't going to show up at the back of cash to make it go away. But still, you, you know <laughs> what I mean? You, you, you got to be careful around this guy. And then Sanjay jumps. Uh, who's he jump? Um, he jumps Kid Cash. And then he gets his ass kicked by Kazarian. And now we have a match. Right. Yeah. And now we have a match. Really For the qu- honor of Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Yeah. Really quick, uh, Shane Douglas was wearing one of those uh, yellow Livestrong bands. That is, uh, this is your next match. Uh, Kid Cash, Michael Shane, and Kaz with Tracy taking on Sonny Siaki, Hector Garza, and Sanjay Dutt. Michael Shane was a big deal. You could tell, he, I, I believe Shawn Michaels actually trained him. I think he did. I think yeah. you're right. And Michael Shane was, he was like the next big guy. Like every yeah. time he was showing up on a, on any kind of show on TNA, be it a pay-per-view or a regular show, he was the next big thing for TNA. 
Shawn Michaels trained him. He could talk. He had a good look. He could go in the ring. Like, he was their next big thing. Or supposed to be. What happened to him? He fizzled out, dude. It it just never happened. Yeah. Let's see. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember I was a huge fan of his at the time. Oh, I was too. I was like, this is the next guy. Like, HBK kind of put a stamp on him. That's that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I was, okay, Michael Shane's going to be that dude. And he he just never met that expectation or the potential that he had. It just it yeah. never panned out for that guy. It happens. It does. It totally does. Um, Sanjay and Cash start the match, and there's lots of quick reversals and pins. And it was really cool. And I liked it because it didn't look as choreographed as it was. Like Ricochet like, and uh, Osprey? Osprey, yeah. It didn't look like that. It looked like two guys really trying to do moves to each other rather right. than like they worked out a dance routine beforehand. And right. you know they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? The, you, you can't do this without working it out beforehand, but they just made it look real. Like it was really good. It was one of the better examples of that because those t- twice a night on uh, AEW, you're going to see a match start like that. Right. You know, right. Um, they happen all the time, but this one was a re- one of the better ones I've ever seen. Yeah. No, it was good, dude. It was good. Yeah. Um, Garza shoots Shane into the corner and he goes to jump onto the top rope RVD style, but he slips and falls, lands right on his fucking head. And then Shane immediately drops a leg on him. And I was like, dude, like, did you not see him land on top of his head? Like check to like, give him a soft kick to the arm first. Like somehow get an indication that he's not hurt. Cause yeah, or like lean down, talk shit to him. But like, you're not really talking shit. You're like, dude, are you okay? Like squeeze my hand, something like just even check out him. Yeah. Just fucking boom. Right, there was no squeezing the hand thing. I mean, maybe Shane said something to him and you couldn't, because. but I was looking at his mouth trying to see, you know, or trying to hear anything. I couldn't catch anything him saying to him. Right. But maybe he did, you know, but I was, it was just like, damn. Um, Sanjay and Sonny do a cool assisted Hurricane Rana to Kazarian, who's sitting on the top rope, which was cool. Um, and where was I? And then the uh, heels start picking apart um, Sanjay, which Keeps is now you're going to just your... It's like the longest seven minutes or so. Like building to the hot yeah. tag, you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go into the hot tag and it's the, they did this really well. They worked on him for a long time, picked him apart, you know, doing the frequent tags, all the classic heel stuff. When the when babyface goes for the tag, his partner's in the wrong corner because it's a six-sided ring and he got lost. <laughs> So in a six corner, so to visualize this in a six sided ring, the opposite team should have two corners between them. They only had one corner between them instead of two. So they had one corner on the, on one side of them and three corners on the other side of them because the baby face was in the wrong fucking corner. Come on. I was like, oh my God, dude, for real. Come on. If you're going to have this ring, at least learn how to use it. (laughs) Um, Garza cleans house. He backs backdrop Sanjay to the outside onto the heels. Um, and then uh, Garza hits the twisting top rope corkscrew. I forget who he hit it on, but he lands the way Jeff Hardy lands the Swanton, the Swanton now, just like f- straight on his back, like back like first, he, back first, Is that full the tornado. Force, you know what I mean, yeah, like doesn't how? you know doesn't hit anything on the mat first, just lands full force on his ass. And uh, one, two, three. What air? So, it was pretty cool. I serious it was a good, air it was a good that match. he catches on that jump. It was yeah. It's a beauty. Yeah. Plus that it was a good match that he hit right before that. Right, right. Yeah. For being a three on th- uh, a three on three, it never got as sloppy as those tend to get, which was good. And I liked that it went into the finish pretty quickly after the hot tag. And Superfly's honor is regained or retained. 
Exactly. So right. they can kill and yeah, kill they did again. a fine job of honoring him. <laughs> he he's so proud. Scott Hudson <laughs> interviews Macho Man uh, backstage, uh, and Scott Hudson talks with his hands way too much. Maybe he's Italian. I I mean Hudson doesn't sound Italian, but you know maybe, maybe his mom's Italian. I don't know. Possibly is, is that why yeah. Macho Man tried to lightly choke him at the end of the interview? You remember that part? Because <laughs> yeah, he deserved it. That was he deserved. That it. was weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was weird. Uh, but Macho was awesome as always. And then we get a shitty uh, Scott Tamore promo. Uh, I guess I all right. Here's here's what uh, came to. To mind it was after they interviewed Petey Williams they went back to Scott Demore it's I don't know if Petey got lost in between them like it was a little awkward that he was holding the microphone to Scott Demore and Petey is like squeezed right between them I, I can't get out boys or something like that <laughs> I, th- I would have gotten him a step stool or something I would like to think that there should there's a wrestling class on promos and especially staging especially when there's a, uh, a camera be involved. I kept thinking about how Eddie suggests that uh, Edge needs to teach a class about how to properly fall to set up uh, the next move. There needs to be a class for staging uh, or uh, positioning yourself for an interview. Because it, it seemed like uh, Petey Williams was just getting sandwiched between those two guys. Well, that would be a class for the director. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And seeing how uh, how uh, TNA was run, I guess that was not the case. Uh, anyways, uh, the next next match is uh, a Serengeti survival match between Abyss and the alpha male Monty Brown. Monty Brown's uh, entrance music is uh, practically just the chorus of "Down with the Sickness." Yep. Oh, and he's, I didn't uh, he's less shitty Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but he he had a, his his career was a shittier Ahmed Johnson. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, no hand uh, through the nail on the table. Right. But still, but no money either. <laughs> right. <laughs> that too. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a tag team. Monty yeah. Brown and Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> Their team name is injury prone. Monty Brown cut a promo on Abyss and calls him a hungry, hungry hippo. Yeah, and he called him obese. We, yeah, what? Abyss burn. isn't yeah. fat. Yeah, Abyss isn't fat. He's just a big dude. It was he's w- big. Really weird. Uncalled yeah. for. And then he says he's going to taste some Serengeti. What's with him in this Serengeti shit? Um, he's from Michigan. He's not from the Serengeti. Hmm. I never really got it. If like, we get Dixie a, on the phone, we could ask her these questions. Yeah, get Dixie on the phone. Uh, she probably or, doesn't even get it either. Uh, she probably didn't oh. even know he was doing this whole thing. Send her an email. <laughs> I don't. You know, I think. I don't think she showed up to work most of the times. <laughs> I did not she was know busy that. Banging Nash. I did not know that he played Fuck. in two Super Bowls. Yeah, he played in two Super That's Bowls. Crazy. Did he win any? Nope. Because one was with the Buffalo Bills, so you know he definitely. You know he definitely didn't win any. And then uh, he was with the Patriots when the Packers knocked him off. Oh, so he's lost two more. He's lost two more Super Bowls than I have. Fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> he must um, be his so ribs, His ribs are taped up because I guess Abyss jumped him previous to this. Um, they start outside the ring and they're smashing each other into the steps in the apron, and Abyss tears the tape right off of him. Um, and then I noticed the damn the ring announcer just stands there, huh? 
She's just kind of there in the corner. Like, she doesn't have a table or a place to sit. She just stands there. <laughs> Did you catch that? No. I no. noticed her earlier, and I actually had it in my notes, and I meant to mention it, but I, I skipped her somehow. Um, I noticed her maybe in the previous match. There's a chick just standing there, like, in a dress, you know, like, off to the, like, ringside up against the barricade. And I was like, who the hell is that? Is that the ring announcer? At this point, when they go outside the ring, I got a better look at her, and it's definitely the ring announcer. Like, they don't have her walk to the back or sit in a chair or anything. She's standing there. At least, at least totally put her just, at ringside or something in a chair. Well, she is at ringside, but she's not in a chair. Well, no, that's what I mean. Like, on the other side of the rail, so she's not, like, in the way. Well, even if she's in on the inside of the rails, at least sit her down. She's distracting, and she's standing in front of someone who paid for a front row fucking seat, too. Fucking TNA, dude. Yeah, it was, like, the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Just put a little folding chair right there for her. <laughs> really bizarre. Um, it's about three minutes in, Abyss gets a table, so they're not fucking around in this match. Oh, by the way, um, uh, the rules for this match, pinfall submit, or was it pinfall submission, or drop your opponent on uh, a bed of thumbtacks. Yeah, right. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder uh, how it's going to okay. end. Okay, now yeah. here comes the tables. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even have the option to pin them? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, a goofy-ass match. Call it a um, thumbtack survival match. Why Serengeti? What the fuck? Yeah, Serengeti. Well, because in the Serengeti, they... Use thumbtacks? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they use thumbtacks for something in the Serengeti. That's where they... That's how they Thumbtacks hunt? were invented in the Serengeti. <laughs> You just made that up. It was, it was, of course I just made that it up. It was pronounced <laughs> thumbtack, which means a whale's vagina. No, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abyss does an earthquake splash with a chair, like um, on Monty Brown, which that is That was cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's fucking him up. He's kicking his ass. And then he goes for another splash um, onto the chair. But um, Monty Brown charges it sideways and he like crotches himself on his dick on the chair. Um and then takes a chair shot to the head and goes down. Unprotected a, chair shot. Unprotected chair shot. Yeah, protected by nothing but that mask and hair. Right. Um, then Monty Brown, he gets up and slams his ass like he's nothing. Just picked him right up. Yeah. Um, Power slam. But then he, yeah. But then he gets kicked. Uh, he gets cut off with a uh, black hole slam. And then was there a commercial? Like, I know YouTube has its commercials, but it also faded to black several times. And this yes. is the first time I actually made a note of it. Did this air on pay-per-view with commercials? Like, it doesn't pick up at a later point like Raw would if you fast forward through commercials. It picks up right there, but it was almost like it was a, like they had pre-taped it. That had happened a number of times during the show. I noticed that. I, yeah. My it, guess, maybe not a commercial, maybe uh, just like uh, inserting a graphic of, hey, you want to buy uh, some merchandise? Ins yeah, in the middle like, of a fucking match. Or, or something, uh, go to this site or mail to this address. But why, just blur that shit out. Don't do a fade out cut it was weird well but that's the way they do that's the way they do it they do it. that's why i thought it was a commercial because you have to fade to black in and out of commercials it's an right. fcc thing no that, um like if you watch tv it always fades fades in and out that makes sense but start. during the even during the first match it's like they did a fade out and then fade right back in and they mm -hmm. were exactly where they were before that's, the transition that's that's why i'm saying that's what i'm saying was this pre-recorded and then aired on pay-per-view with commercials. Oh. If it were live, obviously, it wouldn't pick back up at the same place. Just like if you oh, skipped so commercials not recorded, on Raw. Right? I didn't even look into that for this. Yeah, I wonder if they had taped this like the day before. You know, taped it on Saturday, aired it on Sunday, and inserted commercials during the matches. Hmm. With Don West shelling merchandise. <laughs> yeah, right. They cut to Don West selling OxyClean. <laughs> <laughs> he could sell you Meow Mix even if you don't have a cat. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, you can sell ice, uh, ice cubes to assholes. <laughs> um, or assholes to Eskimos. Um, Abyss sets up a chair in the ropes, and he ends up getting re- getting reversed and goes head first into it. And then he gets pounced out of the ring. Um, then Monty Brown goes for another pounce outside the ring, which was a stupid-ass name for a move. And um, Abyss, <laughs> Abyss ducks it. Monty Brown goes through the table, which was hilarious. And then Don West makes a huge deal out of how brilliant ducking was. <laughs> he was Leave like, Don West us. alone. <laughs> I can't believe how smart Abyss was. He ducked. <laughs> Goddamn human reflexes on that guy. What do you yeah. Um, so now both guys, um, my iPad autocorrected and said both guys get a bag of tacos, but they actually got a bag of tacks. Oh, son of a bitch. Tacos would have been way cooler, dude. Yeah, that's the yeah, well, friendship. It's like a more. Yeah, they have, <laughs> they have no tacos in the Serengeti. That's the problem. Right. Good point. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been a taco that, match. Probably. That's how they cut the tortillas. You get uh, thumbtacks to shape <laughs> it and then you, and you tear away. <laughs> um, Abyss teases a choke slam, but uh, Monty blocks it and he takes Abyss's shirt off and he goes for a power slam, but he gets back in the corner. Abyss goes for a powerbomb. Monty Brown reverses it into an Alabama slam, which was cool. Usually they reverse it into a backdrop. Yeah. But he reverses it. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't remember ever seeing that. It's a good finish. Um, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alabama slams him into uh, nearly into the tax. Um, but yeah. it's. He went. He well. He he won by Alabama slamming Abyss's hair into the thumbtacks. Right. Yeah. If you right. know that Abyss had to. Abyss had to roll around in the thumbtacks for like a minute to get any stuck in him. Exactly. And from there, it it's only got he only got like maybe one small row or so of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was goofy because when you have an Alabama slam, you can see where you're going to land the guy. It wasn't like if you had backdropped him and missed attacks, you could kind of understand. Right. But he's sl- he's standing there looking at the thumbtacks. Yeah, he's looking at like, them. Yeah, they're everywhere. There's there's like eight square feet of him and he missed it. Well, maybe he is just as shitty on Ed Johnson. Maybe he is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How do you miss that? Yeah. And uh, that was it for the. It was kind of a short match. It wasn't a very long match, but it was cool. Right. I mean, it was it was an entertaining match. I always liked Abyss matches. Abyss was one of my favorites there. Abyss is hella cool. Yeah, he was great. It was weird. He never came to WWE. Uh, not as Abyss. Yeah. Wait, did he come there as someone else? Adam, what was his name in WWE? Wait, what? Yeah, he was I'm there looking- for a minute. Uh, but he was like an on-screen character. He wasn't actually a wrestler. Was he like a uh, like an EMT? No, it wasn't one of those. Like he was like a he's character names. for a minute. He rolled so, he rolled someone onto a stretcher. No, it wasn't anything like that. I thought he played like an on-screen character for a minute though, and it was like quick. Okay, according to this, uh, he signed as a producer. He made an on-screen debut as a statistician for AJ after. Oh, and after AJ uh, uh, teamed up with Omos, he went back to being a producer. Why would they make him a statistician? They already had um, the chick with the thing on her face. Wasn't she the statistician? The chick with the thing on her face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was her name? Jillian Hall, wasn't she, she, was, she JBL's she was statistician? She was JBL's like, pers- assistant or whatever. The chick Someone with was the a thing st- on her face. I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, You know, the one that Boogeyman Adam figured out who she was. Yeah, the one the boogeyman ate her face, ate the thing off her face. Yeah. <laughs> Adam knew exactly who I was talking about, dude. I thought you were also uh, 
there was also uh, Dana Brooke was a like a statistician. Well, Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke was like, a statistician. Yeah, for, yeah. So, oh, yeah, for, for like some Titus, team, right? For Titus, for Titus, for Titus, yeah. Titus worldwide. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. So he was in there WWE for a minute, like okay, as a character. I do remember him getting hired as a producer. So now it looks yeah, like he's still with them. Okay. Oh, well, good for but, him. Yeah, just backstage work. He's keeping busy. All right, let's get to the next fucking terrible match. <laughs> he loves it. Well, this ne- I don't want to spend too much time on this next match because it's a fucking embarrassment. Okay, uh. your uh, next match is a tag team match. Uh, Jacqueline is the special guest referee. Uh, Pat Kenny and Johnny B. Bad taking on the New York <laughs> Connection, Johnny Swinger and Glenn... Gilberti, aka Disco Inferno. That's Disco Inferno. My first. That's yes. Disco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have Johnny B. Bad and Disco Inferno wrestling each other in 2004. In right. And right. my first note is, what the fuck? Who the fuck is Pat Kenny? I don't remember him. I don't. I. I don't remember him. I don't remember the other dude. I don't know no. why. I don't remember why the fuck Jackie was a referee. Well, Johnny Swinger was from ECW. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right, Johnny right, Swinger okay, was in okay. ECW, so at least I knew him. Obviously, Disco and uh, Johnny be bad. But I'm yeah. like, who the fuck is Pat Kenny? Was this like a yeah. project of TNAs, like they were trying to make him into something? It could have been, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't happen. know who the fuck he was. Johnny be bad with short hair sucks. <clears throat> right, that's like motivational jo- speaker Johnny be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny be bad with a confetti gun sucks. Johnny be bad with a tribal tattoo sucks the most. He yes. really should have put something around that, like an armband or something. Like Johnny, B, he's, he's little Richard with a fucking tribal tattoo. <laughs> got I a mean, tribal a tribal tattoo. tattoo. By two thousand, <laughs> by two thousand four, a tribal tattoo was barely acceptable. Anyway, it should right. have been a West Coast Shoppers tattoo. But <laughs> I mean, fuck. And he's supposed to be like a little Richard gimmick, wearing your Ed Hardy shirt. Like, knock it off. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody um, needs to see that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, dude. Go right let's to just the gloss finish. over this. Yeah, let's just go straight to the finish. I have a lot of notes, but it was a... So I put garbage match. Oh, wait, it was the finish. Gilberti ends up getting into it with Jackie, who slams him, and he takes Johnny's finisher and loses. Garbage match. I love Mark Merrow, but he was doing a shit version of a gimmick that wouldn't even work now, and Gilberti sucked. This match sucked. Wasn't very good. No. And I still know who the fuck Pat Kenny is. And I don't care. I bet he works at Cinnabon. So don't tweet me if you know who he is. <laughs> Yeah, because we, uh, yeah, you're right. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he is yeah, working I'll, at Cinnabon as a manager get, on the weekends, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless he works at Jungle Cruise, then I want to know. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think the only. He's probably still on probation. I think the only note that I had <laughs> on this was that I think Jacqueline's music was a variation of Consequences Creed's eventual music. Oh, yeah. And, 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 uh, Jacqueline's, um, her uh, outfit was something. Thank you, friend. It's time for another beer. Do you need a quick breather after that one? Because that I'm good. That was I'm good. That was uh, there was a lot of decibels on that one. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I got my uh, backstage segments messed up. Messed up uh, in order. Is this one worth? Uh, the, this is where Macho Man gets kidnapped. Oh, okay. 
So not the uh, the dressing room one. Okay, yeah. No. Okay, so yeah, Macho Man gets kidnapped. You don't see the act happening. You just see the car taking off. So you have to yeah. you have to trust that it happened. Yeah, we'll take their word for it. It, t- it totally happened. Uh, we're totally <laughs> yeah, gonna believe to the Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> they absolutely kidnapped him. We didn't even see who the fucking driver was. Right. No. They're that good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. They're <laughs> yeah, they were in stealth mode. <laughs> Nash in stealth mode. Yeah. <laughs> Foot six, seven. Yeah. He's a fucking ninja. Stealth. Yeah, sneaking around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a hilarious visual now that you said that. <laughs> you imagine that's him great. tiptoeing? <laughs> I can see the Scott Hall walk. With but a fucking T Rex arms, towing. like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Oh, you're killing me with that. Oh, that's funny as hell. <laughs> next, next match is. It's a singles uh, grudge match Raven versus DDP. Why did what? Eric Watts have to be in this? Oh, yeah. Is he a thing? Oh, yeah, he, no joins, he joins them uh, on uh, commentary. Oh, that's who was on commentary. I missed it, and I was having a hard time rewinding it on my iPad to catch it. Um, it's Eric Watts. Oh, okay. Um, Why was he a thing in 2004? Was this another project by TNA? Like, hey, here's a name that we think could be big that never was. Was he Wolfie D, or was he... No, no, no. He was from WCW, dude. I thought he... This is Bill Watts' kid. Yeah, I thought he was one of the... <laughs> who am I thinking of? I thought Eric Watts was one of the PG-13 guys. No, PG, that was uh, uh, PG thirteen was Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, wasn't it? Nah, dude, that's fucking. Public oh, I'm thinking Enemy. Public Enemy. No, PG thirteen. Yeah, that was Wolfie D and uh, JC Ice. JC Ice. And neither of them were Eric Watts. No, dude. No, no, no. Eric oh. Watts was one half of Techno Team two thousand. That's what it was. Techno Team two thousand. I knew he was part of right. a stupid ass tag team. No, Techno dude, team he failed 2000. in WCW. He failed in the WWE. Like, he never was anything, really. Like, nothing against him. He just never panned out in wrestling. But here's TNA in 2004. Like, hey, we think we can do something with him. Oh, well, based on what? We're trying to well, make look, him a thing, obviously. Well, look, do you want to be the one to piss his dad off? Good point. You know what I good mean? Point. You got You got the fucking uh, panda energy money. Take care of the kid. Yeah, good point. Yep. Hey, yeah. push him to the top of the card. Yeah. Um, what was Raven's music? Raven's music sounded like some weird, like, um, eerie 60s shit, you know, like that, like weird psychedelic garbage they used to play back in the day, but like the creepy kind. Hmm. So it was like Doors or something? No, nah, not the Doors, like something good. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say good, but not as bad as the Doors. <laughs> it's like, no, we got a yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. It was like something like that. Yeah. Like an iron butterfly type thing. Gotcha. <laughs> Another shit ass band. Still dressing um, like a schmuck, but he found a helmet. Yeah. Where yeah, do you get the Thor helmet still- from? You buy that shit at Walmart? Cle- clearance <laughs> Before section. the match, he's like, this is cool. Um, it was December, so it must have been uh, clearance after Halloween. He just grabbed it. Yeah. Then- right. He picked, <laughs> it up on, he picked it up on November 1st. <laughs> yeah. he, he swung by spirit. Tina gave him a $6 budget for his costume. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Spirit's 50% off. (laughs) Um, They jump the bell because it's personal, as Eric Watts points out. DDP stomps Raven in the corner. The ref tries to stop him, and he gets kicked. 
And then I was like, I guess this is a no DQ match. I missed that. I didn't know it was. I, I mean, I didn't know it was, but then he kicked the fucking referee. <clears throat> I guess I it's no well, DQ. Oh, you know what? I we, we watch this. Um, we if if I don't sound like I'm that up to date on my notes, it's because we watched this like three weeks ago and we didn't get around to recording it. So I actually watched this a while ago, so I'm a little rusty on it. Um, they fight into the crowd, and then Mike Tenay says, "I guess this is, this is going to be Raven rules." But okay. he says it as in like we didn't know this, but apparently that's you know like nobody told the announcers or me. Yeah, this is just happening on the fly. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raven gets crotched on the post, which is still one of those moves where I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, it can never be like, how do you take that move? It yeah, can never be like, good. What? Yeah, whatever you do to take that move, make sure you do it right. Right. Um, DDP goes for a cutter, but Raven grabs the ropes. He goes for a pin with his feet on the ropes, and then he gives DDT a Roman soldier helmet, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> <laughs> like the match started to get a little dirty. That should have shown um, for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, working blue. Yeah, and I was like, well, at least it wasn't a Dirty Sanchez. Or a bandit or a t- mask. Or a, or a Tony Danza. God forbid a Cleveland steamer in this thing. Yeah, well, that might have made, made it a more fun match, actually. I wouldn't have hated that. Would have been oh. be- better than the Marrow match. You okay over there? That was a lot of foam. <laughs> Dude, I did the same thing last night at Scott's house. I took a sip of beer, and I think I set it down too hard, and it started to foam up out of the <laughs> bottle. It's excited to cover this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Tony Danza, or not Tony, <laughs> DDP goes for a backslide. And Raven <laughs> Tony Danza. <it> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Wait, my notes are a little sloppy. <laughs> yeah. um, Next match, he's taking on Mona. <laughs> <laughs> Mona, Samantha, Angela. <laughs> um, shit. DDP goes for a backslide and Raven counters it with a dick kick. Which, that was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that before. Um, and at this point, something's going on in the crowd that's distracting everyone. Uh, like, I think it might be a fight or something. Like, I noticed that. I, over there. Well, yeah, they yeah. were all just looking away for what or, whatever reason. I also don't think it was because uh, he was uh, he was leaving the announcer's desk. I think. No, nobody left the announcer's desk. No, I think it was in the crowd. Something yeah. was happening. You know, Maybe the cotton candy guy fell down the stairs. Oh, like in Seattle? Right. Oh, that was bad, dude. We felt, felt horrible. To be fair, we did, did feel bad after we caused that. We didn't, ca- we didn't cause it. Well, I mean, we were part of the problem. We have a in-match uh, Okay, so here's story. what happened, you guys. The guy was out there and he's yelling, cotton candy, cotton candy. And we were yelling, what, back at him? Like us and like a bunch of people in our It was WrestleMania 19. What? Like Austin's what thing was like a huge deal at the time. Yeah, right. This is the peak of what. And we're yelling, what, at him? And the dude's walking up the stairs and he tripped and fell. Um, and so like he fucked himself that. up too. But yeah, when he got up, you could tell he was hurt. His, his knee went straight into the concrete. You could tell it hurt. He was like an older dude Ooh. too. You know, like I felt bad. I mean, I, I didn't feel like it was because we were chanting what. I think the dude just tripped, but I just felt bad for him because he, he was clearly hurt. We still didn't buy what he was selling, but we felt bad. No, I mean, didn't feel enough, feel bad enough to buy popcorn or uh, uh, cotton candy. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It was ice cream. Oh, it was ice cream? Yeah, he was selling ice cream. That makes sense because given some of the benefits of cotton candy, I might have bought it if it was there. Right. Cotton candy, <laughs> that'll be salvageable. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but, I was sh- but I was sharing a hotel room with like four other people, so it wouldn't have made a difference anyway, probably. <laughs> uh, some druids show up. And I don't know why they don't ju- just jump DDP because it's a no DQ match. Right. And then Eric Watts leaves the desk 
to beat up the druids? Yeah, he was going to help DDP. Yeah, and these are the worst druids ever because one is clearly in dress pants and the other one is in Cam- jeans. Right. I saw camo shorts on one of one of them. Oh, did you? I, yeah. That's not surprising. Um, and predictably, Eric Watts clotheslines DDP. Uh, who saw that coming? Right? Yeah, who would have thought? Um, DDP gives him a cutter, but then Raven starts kicking his ass. DDP reverses the DDT into a cutter. Boom, one, two, three. Um, it would have been a... It was a cool match, but it was the second hardcore match of the night. And the swerve is really predictable. So it's just like, it was. It would have been a better match on a better show. I and think. Eric Watts can't even swerve properly. The guy he swerved on won the match. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck. Come on. What? Yeah, right. I don't get it. Yeah, he was the guy that really got jobbed out in the match. Exactly. What was it? Yeah, he looked like shit. He bounced up yeah. before the end of the match and he's turning back away. What? What happened? I thought I contributed. Yeah. He's yeah. already like halfway up the aisles looking back. Trash. Yeah. It was goofy. All right. Very. All right. I think at this point now is the the backstage uh, segment. Uh, so apparently Tracy brings Vince McMahon cookies and they is. Did I get this? Yeah. Wrong? Tracy shows up. Sh- Tracy shows up in a titty top with cookies and Vince throws her out. And then I kind of started thinking, I don't think this is really Vince. <laughs> really? Why? Cause he loves cookies like in real life or <laughs> no, I think he would have been throwing triple H out of the room. If, if she walked in there like that, pulling out his checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's throwing, he's throwing triple H out. Remind me to write a check to myself from the company. Checkbook. <laughs> but you're, but Triple H is and not, out, and not write it down. He's out to find that. Uh, he's he's out to find that mystery video. This whole thing is just so goofy, and I was like, man, TNA started doing goofy shit before I stopped watching because I stopped watching like 2008 ish, you know. And the Sarah Palin thing happened after that, and I sort of remember that being the beginning of TNA getting bad. And this is a good pay per view, but this shit is just. Silly, you know? It's silly. Nobody's going to watch the show because of this. It's never going to draw any money. I kept, right. It's just silliness. I even kept... And pointless. I kept trying to look, like, around this time, what is WWE doing at the same time? I, there's... They're not really doing a shoot on TNA. There's nothing... No, they never story- did. They never even acknowledged yeah. TNA. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah, just do your own product. You don't need to... Uh, bash another uh, company. Just yes. yeah, just do your own thing. There's nothing cookie related happening in WWE. There's nothing even Vince and Triple H teaming up related in WWE. This was just all awkward. Yeah, it was. There's got to be some inside joke that they someone's gonna tweet me and explain it. But it's got to be. I mean, unless there was an angle that we're not aware of that went on before this and they didn't bring up in any video packages, it's got to be some kind of inside joke. You know what I mean? That that was made to make the wrestlers laugh. Yeah, it was popping the wrestlers, but the crowd didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was so that's dumb, I, dude. That's the way, it, watching this pay-per-view just by itself in a bubble, that's the way it feels. Yeah, you know? totally. It feels like if there totally. was more to it, if there was more to it, they should have put it in a video package or somehow explained it. Because totally. it just comes off as... Awkward and dumb. Completely. Yeah, and waste of TV time. Yep, exactly. We could have been a six, match. Well, they could have given three more minutes to Mark Merrill's match. True. 
Yeah, and even that would have been better. Just a hard close-up on his tribal tattoo for three minutes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that would be better than this shit. That would have been way better. <laughs> yeah. All right, next The match. next match is for the TNA X Division Championship. Chris Sabin versus the champion Petey Williams with the bowler. The bowler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on paper, this should be match of the night. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, well, when we get to the end, we'll see if we thought that. Um, right. I really liked the way they set up the match with the video package because it shows um, Saban countering Petey's finisher three different times, like on three different oh, it's occasions, been which do- is a really cool setup. Throughout his, like he hasn't been able to hit him with throughout his Throughout his reign, uh, that move has been dominant, but he's been the one to solve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was really cool. I liked that a lot. I thought that was a really good... They did something right here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good build. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. I actually have in my notes. Uh, Scott Demore is shitty. Kevin Steen. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Actually, I kind of like the bowler better, though. The bowler, yeah, he's the bowler. Um, <laughs> um, lots of quick counters to start. No one hits anything, but Saban almost catches uh, Petey in what I assume would have been his finisher. I think he the was. Shot. I and, think he was setting yeah, it up. Petey ca- takes a powder. Caught him in a fireman carry. Petey just escapes. Jumps across the ring in one second. It's like fuck this. I I don't and I don't want to don't want to be part of anything that follows that. Yeah, yeah. But right. how fast um, was that escape? Jesus, quicker than oh yeah. Up. These guys, these are too good. Mm-hmm. These guys are good. Both these guys are really good in the ring. Way fucking good, dude. Like Saban yeah. still today, I think is fucking amazing. Yeah, right. These were the guys. This these guys were why I watched TNA at the. At, at this point, I wasn't 100%. watching fucking Nash, yeah. you know. These were my um, two favorites in TNA. These yeah, two guys totally. right here. Yep. Yeah, they were great. All these X Division guys were good. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, Petey jumps over a moonsault. Like he does like a leapfrog over a, not a moonsault, I'm sorry, a somersault. Um, Saban does a somersault. Petey jumps over him and they mistime it and he takes a heel right to his Sullivan. Fuck. Oof. Yeah, that was, that looked bad, dude. He yeah. seemed to be okay, but it looked like it had to hurt. Right into the X Division. Um, like maybe the heel was a little higher than it looked like maybe it got him in his gunt but it even still would hurt you know yeah dude um pd can't do shit to save and he takes another powder and i'm like this is great man this is good this is good shit when the heel you know it's getting frustrated and just leaves yep um he finally ends up reversing an f5 type an f5 type setup and he dumps save into the floor and he takes control outside um it's pretty cool, but then he does a slow motion Hurricane Rana. He does Hurricane Rana, it doesn't look like shit. <laughs> it was just slow. I don't even know how you do it that slowly. It was really weird. You think it was X cool. Division? They knew how to fly. Somehow I they manipulated. No, I don't. I, I don't know whose fault it was. I don't even know how you do that. I don't know how you fuck that up. Like, I mean, it literally looked like gravity had slowed down. <laughs> it hey, maybe really, it did. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would even do it if you were trying to do it. It was weird. Hmm. But um. But whatever, that's, you know, one nitpicky little thing about, about the match. Um, Saban does a, he takes over in the outside and he does a buckle bomb into the barricade, which was gnarly as shit. Yep. Um, getting back in, PD does a code breaker through the ropes and then Scott Demore attacks Saban while PD distracts the referee. That's um, good heel controls, shit. Yeah, good heel shit. Nobody controls the match for long. It's really, one guy will take over for a minute and then the other guy takes over for a minute. It's really back and forth a yeah, lot. Yeah, good like, back more and than, forth, yep. Yeah, right. Um, and then a PD hits an awesome drop kick, and he does that like snap kind of thing to it, the way Ziggler does. Like he arches his back a lot out yeah. of it. It looked really cool. Um, 
And then let's see. Saban ends up at a tree of woe. And that's when the director seems to think it's a good time to cut to uh, Scott Demore. So somehow Petey charges him and misses and ends up on the outside. And I have no idea how it happened <laughs> because I was looking at Scott Demore. <laughs> well done. So, Just round well you how to become a bowler yeah. before landing this move. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then that's when we get our first This Is Awesome chant of the night. Yep. So the crowd is is loving also this. Also, leading, leading up to this, crowd is already divided. Even though Petey's a heel, half are still cheering for him. Well, his, fun, his want, finishing move was fucking cool. They're oh, cheering absolutely. for him because they yeah. want to see him hit that, yeah. Yep. Right, he had, as much as I disliked it once I figured out how they were doing it, it is one of the coolest moves ever. Yeah, when it was first introduced, like before we kind of knew the gimmick with it, yeah, mm-hmm. it was way fucking cool, dude. And yeah, like, like the yeah, first you one, were cheering because you wanted to see that finisher. Right, right. Yeah, it's one of those things. The first one of those times moves. The first time you see it, you're like, "Holy shit, that was incredible!" Yeah. Um, and then we get Petey tries to sunset flip. He tries to sunset flip powerbomb from the top. Saban somehow shoots back onto him and hits a fallaway powerbomb type thing hella fast. Picks him up and hits a pile driver, and only gets a two count. Like I would have thought that would have been the end of the match. That was a great spot. Yeah. Um, Saban blocks a destroyer and he what's his finisher called cradle shock cradle shock um, he gets Petey in that Demore gets on the apron and Petey um, pulls Nux out that look like a wristband it's, I don't know what the hell it <laughs> really is but they said it was Nux he pulls out of his trunk it was a live strong bracelet <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that's what it looked like something like that yeah it was, it was um, something like, soft it, material it was it, anything it but like it brass make- Nux <laughs> It, right. looks, it, it looked like something that would make a punch hurt less. <laughs> <laughs> to soften the blow. Yeah, so he uh, level Saban and uh, one, two, three. Which is a weird way to end an X Division title match with brass knuckles. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Didn't see that coming. Like Even like a roll-up with holding the ropes or something. like that. I think that would have made more sense. But this really, like that kind of finish really mm-hmm. solidified PD as a real shit heel. Like willing right, to totally. do whatever it took to maintain that title, it put that mm-hmm. extra layer on their feud. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Like clearly, it was going to be a rematch because we still haven't seen the Destroyer. Right. You know? Um. So you definitely can get get another match out of that. I have no idea what ultimately happened. I would think Saban would maybe. I don't know if this was our first match, second match, or what. You'd think Saban would probably kick out of a Destroyer and win the next match. Yes, that's what guess. you would think. But I don't know. We we need to find out. Yeah, I have no idea. Team Canada um, comes out to celebrate because they have three belts on all the gold. Yep. Well, almost all the gold. Almost all the gold, yeah. but still they have a good amount. Yeah. All right. And then Vince gets beat up by a midget. And that, that's all I have to say about that. That's all. Yeah. The, ne- <laughs> the next match is uh, the six sides of... Oh, wait, is this? No, this is not the six uh, sides. It is a six-man tag team match, though. Yes. Uh, this is the Kings of Wrestling. Uh, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and NWA World Champion Jeff Jarrett taking on. I didn't even think that this tag team would be possible. Macho Man Randy Savage, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and we don't know if Macho's going to be here or not because he got shanghai earlier. Right. And Detective Dusty said he was going to get to the bottom of it and at this point hasn't yet. So we don't know what's going on. 
We didn't so no s- Macho Man to start. We didn't see him at all after that uh, interview with Shane Douglas, right? No. Nope. nope. So, no Macho Man, no Dusty. They're both missing. Did Dusty do the kidnapping? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Or Shane. Hashtag conspiracy theory. Hmm. <laughs> but um, what kind of shorts was AJ wearing? Because my notes say this has to be an autocorrect. I forgot that AJ wore manscaped shorts. Or was he wearing or was he wearing those type of shorts like the boxers, like the manscaped boxers? He looked like the boxers. He would wear Okay, I did, did write, wear boxers. I did or, write manscaped. Yeah, those kinds. Okay. It wasn't an autocorrect. Right. Okay. Yeah, so manscaped what, has gone from AJ Styles to Pete Davidson. And it's also gone from drunk wrestling history. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the last we'll talk about that. Right. They yeah, they they got hooked up with Pete Davidson and they didn't need us anymore. <laughs> um just so like Hall Kim and Kardashian Nash wrestling doesn't need Pete Davidson. Oh, yeah. Um, Hall and Nash are wrestling in their rockabilly gear. Like, they look like they're at Hot August Nights. It's just <laughs> silly. It's just dumb. And I just can't understand why Those, they're doing this. Scott Hall has that glamorized ooze design, but the edges of it is all bedazzled. Yeah. I was wondering if, if uh, Hall wanted to wear a shirt and he talked Nash into it so he wouldn't look weird being in a shirt by himself. Oh, maybe. You know? Maybe. Like... Or someone was like, hey, put put a shirt on Hall. I don't know. Or Nash offered, bro, you might want to wear a shirt. I'll wear one with you, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, know. like solidarity, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to wonder if, um, like, how do you think Elvis would feel if someone offered him a peanut butter banana sandwich and, like, the ooze design is the thought that they come out with? <laughs> yeah. I really huh? thought what? it was weird. It was yeah, weird. So was that. so was that question. But now I want a peanut butter banana sandwich, damn it. Damn, I should have made one for this episode. Um, Jeff is wearing white Dickies pants with a hammer loop, like, you know, like a painter. Like and he looks like pants? he had, yeah, he looks like he's had an accident painting a house because he's covered in paint and he's wearing white painter's pants. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, and I also did not notice until right now, till this match, that when the camera, when the hard camera zoomed all the way out, you can't see the corners in a tag match. Because of the stupid six-sided ring, mm. I didn't catch that in the earlier uh, tag matches. But now, you know, now I'm looking for these guys, and I, I'm like, "Son of a bitch, you can't even see this, the corners of the ring because of this stupid ass ring." Uh. But but I can see the ring announcer standing in the corner for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Still, yeah, yeah, get in your um, corner, get in your spot. One of the things I loved about this match is you really can see, I mean, this isn't the beginning of AJ's career, but he was still early on in his career. You could see how good he was going to be. Oh, know? totally. He's, yeah. he's already as great the, as he was back then, he's better. He's already one of the faces of TNA, and they're only how many years old? Yeah, like two right. or three at this point. Yeah. Right, and everything that dude did in the ring looked great, you know? Yeah. Like, I think he's gotten a lot better than he even was back then, but he was fucking fantastic. Yeah, but you could tell start. there were, like, really, really good things ahead of him. Totally, Yeah. Um, Hall's slapping him on the top of his head. He's just being a total dick to him. Um, and then he takes a drop kick and sells the shit it out really of it. really felt like he wasn't it, wrestling in this match. He's just trying to be a bully. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, 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 he's just being kind of a douchebag. Yeah. Um, then we get a drop, a drop kick party after that. Um, where it's just like drop kick, drop kick, drop kick. And uh, Jeff clears the ring. It was like kind of almost like a, I don't know. It was just a kind of a weird spot. But I've never seen that before. Drop kick after drop kick. Kind of goofy. Um, Hall does the abdominal stretch, I think, on Jeff, and Nash does the thing where he pulls his hand. Yep. Which, when I was a kid, I'd be like, get, I'd get mad at like Arn would be doing that and totally be pulling his hand. Right. 
it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense that a guy could pull your hand and it makes the move hurt more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how does the, the, the mechanics of that just make zero sense? Like, as a kid, though, it angered you because the partner was helping. Right, right. But now that of we know, you, that it's like, okay, yeah, that doesn't Yeah, work. it's like, if you look at it, you're like, they're not even doing anything. He's just pulling on his hands. Like, yeah, yeah. What? Like, it's stupid. It's just heel shit. Yeah. Um, Hall's being a dick to Jeff. He's just, like, toying with him. Which is great. Hall is great in this match. You're right. He was being kind of a bully, but he was really good. You know, he's he's doing a great job of it. Yeah, he really is. Um, and then we get a hot tag, like which is sort of that that dropkick party earlier was like a hot tag. So we get a second hot tag. Then AJ clears the ring. It's kind of a weird match, actually. It's fun. It's a fun match to watch, but it's kind of weird. Um, and then AJ goes for the cla- uh, Styles Clash, but Jarrett lifts him up and sets him on the apron. AJ goes for the form, but Nash trips him, and he goes down hard on the rope on his ribs. He looked to me like he might have been hurt. Like, how do you come down on those ropes? And those ropes are shorter. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not, those are not 20-foot ropes. Right. So, I mean, I guess you could adjust how tight they are, but, I mean, they look tighter than a WWE. Well, they're, well, they're probably cables, for one. Right. Um, I, I think WWE are the only ones that use actual ropes. But it just looked fucked up. And then... Um, I don't know, you get Jeff and Jeff in the ring. Jeff goes for a swanton, and um, he takes a guitar to the back from Hall, and he falls into a swanton, and then AJ flies onto Hall from the inside, does a dive onto him. And then here comes Macho Man, finally. He shows up in street clothes, because when he got kidnapped, he was not ready for his match yet. Right. He hadn't started getting dressed. Yeah, right. Um, He goes to the heel corner and tags in, and I was like, he went to, again with the wrong corner. And I was like, was he not in the back watching this match on TV? Like, did he not? <laughs> I think he was, dude. Or did he get like disoriented when he came to the ring? Did he think the hard camera would have been, if you're coming down the ramp, did he think the hard camera was on his right instead of his left? He went to the wrong damn, because it was all, you know, everybody's on the floor and in the ring and shit. And he goes to the wrong corner. It was also corner. really confused because they do have like uh, heel entrance, uh, face entrance. But in reality, you're going to forget which side is which. But, yeah but to go to the heel was, corner like that didn't make any sense like yeah i think he got turned around he was lost yeah he, didn't yeah, know he, he was, was lost well i guess he'd been in the trunk of a car for the last couple hours he was so. disoriented yes mm-hmm. yeah it must have been that or maybe he was blinded um, by uh the livestrong band i don't know that's bright <laughs> that's bright yellow shit that, that bright yellow yeah like, whoa, yeah like whoa i don't know um so he ends up going to work going to work on all three heels with punches. He puts Jarrett in a sleeper and he does the sleeper all fucking wrong. And Jarrett didn't sell it. Like Jarrett was I think Jarrett was like, I'm not selling this unless he puts it on me right. Right. Like he just didn't right. fucking you know what I mean? Which I can see Jarrett like, doing that, dude. He's old school. Like exactly, I'm not selling yeah. your shit if you're not gonna apply it properly. Right. Yeah, he had the sleeper on. He was, I'm trying to remember how he had it. He didn't have his hand behind his head the way you're supposed to have it. I think he had it like on his forehead or something goofy. Right. And how Macho Man fucks up a sleeper is beyond me. Yeah, maybe dude. this is why it was maybe this is why it was his last TV match now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Forgot there how to do a sleeper. There. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um and then How'd the match end? <laughs> I don't even remember how the match ended. He just got this weird looking pin on Jarrett. Okay. Macho Man did. It was yeah. strange the way he pinned him. And I didn't think well, he kind of sat gonna... on him, right? He yeah, he just kind of sat on him. And like, I don't even remember if he hooked a leg. He just kind of pinned him. And then it became yeah. this whole thing like, Macho Man's the new number one contender. I was like, wait, what? He looked like shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was not. This is not how I want to remember Macho Man. Like, I, I no. immediately had to go watch WrestleMania 4. Like, Did I, you really? Well, I watched the main event. Okay, well, I mean, that, that's 
Yeah, the, well, I assume he it was a triple that. sleeper, but the w- yeah, it was a triple sleeper. They were all doing sleepers at the but same time. But the way that uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Jarrett went down, yeah, pinfall. Yeah, it was just strange and sloppy, and suddenly they're yeah. like projecting Macho Man to be the next number one contender, and there's going to be a match with Jarrett, and I'm like, God, I hope that never happened. I was wondering if he was hurt. Possibly. You know what I mean? If that's why he was taken out of the match. Yeah. 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 Either but if that, that was the just... case, like, I don't know why they were still pushing him after the match as, like, the new number one contender. Yeah, unless it was just, like, it's a minor injury. Hope, you know. Maybe. But the way he, he looked was... in this match, I wouldn't be promoting him in any kind of future match. Yeah. We're having yeah. a talk well, after the match. Like, dude. Like, no offense to Machi Man. He's one of the greatest of all time. But this match is not a shining example of that. Not at all. No, no. You'd think he didn't know what he was doing. Right, right. If you'd never seen him before. Yeah, it was weird. Um, so backstage, Vince is being taken out on a stretcher because of the midget beatdown. Dusty is in the back telling them to play the cookie gate tape. And we go to Shane Douglas talking to Tracy and Abyss who have cookies and balloons. Can someone fucking explain what's going on? Are they just trolling Vince? This is my notes. Are they just trolling Vince? Do they think he's going to see this or give a fuck? And why do they keep saying mahi mahi? BG James really wanted some mahi mahi. He said it like twenty five times. Yeah. I want mahi mahi. Drinking game, I, drinking uh, game idea. If you watch this <laughs> uh, pay per view on YouTube, have some shots ready. One for every time it, you hear mahi mahi. Make it a sip of beer, dude. Don't do a shot every time. You can fucking get your stomach pumped. Yeah, we're not trying to get anybody killed. Oh. Yeah. And this and this right, is no, why it was just weird. I think this is why I don't drink. I don't know these effects. <laughs> Yeah. And Eddie, I think you might be onto something that maybe this was like an inside joke with the wrestlers that they thought this was hilarious. But yeah. those of us watching at home, we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, like I said, maybe if we had been watching, maybe at the time it would have made sense. But maybe. make make it make sense when you're only watching this. You know, mm-hmm. give me some kind of reference, explain it somehow in a video or whatever. Yeah, think you of know. three guys watching this in 2022 that want some, want some sort of explanation and we get yeah. none. We're fucking lost. Yeah, or maybe just like, oh, you haven't been watching, but uh, you don't watch TNA, but your friend invited you over to watch the pay-per-view, and you're watching it, and you right. would, and maybe you'll enjoy it more if you get what the fuck is going on. Yeah, but now you're enjoying so, it way less. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, that, like that's not, I know it's pay-per-view, pay-per-view is not typically where you get new fans, but you should always be thinking about that. Absolutely. Also, yeah. all right, let's get to also the- uh, oh, they uh, wanted to do a video package for uh, January's first uh, pay-per-view final resolution. I just thought it was really creative with uh, how they said, like, my resolution, I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, AJ wants to uh, take his uh, take his career to new heights. You see him jumping and flying. Jeff Jarrett, I want to play some new music. Bashes somebody with a, with a guitar. Jeff Hardy, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Of course you see him do some ladder shit. And then uh, Monty Brown, I want to give some, I'm going to lend a helping shoulder to someone and then just uh, spears somebody. I thought just that wordplay was creative. I wanted to share that. That was a cool little promo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't weird, awkward and dragged out like uh, that uh, NWA uh, barn burner, like whatever the fuck that was that we did a while ago. The guy drinking coffee by the fire. That was weird. That oh, <laughs> that barn burner yeah. thing. Explaining the fucking um oh the bunkhouse bunkhouse stampede. stampede. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, this was this was actually 
one the one good video package straight to the point clever wordplay yeah they didn't have a boring dude sipping coffee <laughs> sitting fucking by the fire yeah. yeah the one good video package is the one that doesn't explain anything about the pay-per-view yeah. <laughs> right it's a fucking commercial for the next one we hope you're still fans <laughs> after this year yeah we promise the next one will be better guys <laughs> the uh the main event of the night is going to be a six sides of steel match with this uh or six sides of steel tag team match with the stipulation that the losing team must disband how you're gonna enforce that i don't know but this is between Triple X, Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper taking on America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and the Cowboy James Storm. The name Six Sides of Steel was the only good thing about that fucking bootsy ass ring. Yeah. When they put a cage on it, that was a cool name to give it. Yeah, it was a cool name to give it, but other but that's but the six side the coolness of the six sides stops there. Yep, exactly. Uh maybe um, one added cool thing i didn't even think of it i just like how uh Tanae and west described it since it's six sides there's less cage per side therefore there's not as much cage give as a four-sided ring so if you're making contact with the cage it's going to stay there and it's going to hurt a little bit more so i just thought that was cool okay i, I can buy that huh. you could also say the same thing about a 16 foot ring Yes, I'm trying. You know, like WCW. I'm trying to do the math. <laughs> that was. I'm trying to do the math. <laughs> trying to do the math. Sixteen is is uh, smaller than WWE's twenty foot ring. Well, see, so you have a thirty three and a third percent chance of surviving in a regular cage. <laughs> Are we trying to do fucking math with alcohol in our systems? <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems to be tornado rules, except when it's not. Like, sometimes everybody tags, sometimes they don't. It's like, it's almost like ECW kind of. The referee's like, whatever, dude, you guys do whatever. I don't, I don't really care. I'm yeah, why am I here? A- like, AMW, yeah. the fuck you want. AMW clearly brought some uh, handcuffs. You know they're going to get utilized. Yep. Ref doesn't even seem oh, to I stop for, yeah. them. Right. Um, Daniels is bleeding like two minutes into the match. Yeah, and, he got color um, early. Yeah, right away. Um, they have an overhead camera for a lot of the spots. I like it, um, but it's clearly a robot that they don't do a good job of controlling. Yeah. Like they kind of, it's almost like they should have practiced with it or just had it static. Don't have it move at all. Right. Um, it just, it was a cool idea. Didn't, the execution was a little uh, weak. Yeah, a little wonky. Yeah. Um, Triple X, X controls the match early and Daniel Daniels is just like a mess. Um and then he's bleeding on, uh, I forget who he had in the headlock, but he's covering them in blood. Because he, he's like, oh, I'm going to bleed like from my face like I've been stabbed and then put you in a headlock with my head right next to yours. Yeah, I'm going to rain blood on you. They both had, yeah. uh, AMW, they both had like a similar uh, hair uh, color. So it was really hard to tell several times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then at one point, I don't know if they lost the hard camera or they just don't know how to shoot a cage match, but it was nothing but floor cameras for a long time. Right. And then the match started looking really bad. You couldn't really tell what was going on. Yep. So I, I hope they lost the camera. I hope it wasn't because they were that clueless about how to shoot it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I really I, don't know. Yeah. It, <laughs> given TNA's history, dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Dixie's running. Dixie's in the truck calling the shots. No, she wasn't there. <laughs> she didn't show up. Come on. <laughs> no, she she was given a Nash a ride back to the hotel. 
Fuck. I also want to... Jesus um, Christ. I also want to say, like, uh, three minutes after uh, Christopher Daniels gets uh, his color, Chris Harris uh, gets uh, handcuffed with his own handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then beat shit Yeah, he's hand... Right, he gets handcuffed. Triple X hand, handcuffs him. And they're working James Storm's ass over. Like, yep. James Storm's is fucked now. And I'm watching this, and I, you know, I don't remember what happened. I'm like, is this match going to be short? Is this going to be, the, you know what I mean? You're kind of thinking, yeah. Up? Like, what chance right. do they have now? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan- this is like the equivalent Daniels- of Matt Hardy leaving the cage. Yeah. And leaving right, Jeff right. there to get his ass beat. But this is like, he was just handcuffed. Nothing he could do. Yeah. Um, Daniel shows Harris the key, and then he drives it into Storm's head, which I thought was Fucking brilliant. Carving he swallowed it. Oof. And it... <laughs> well, it would have made more sense to get rid of it, right? Yeah. Like swallow it, whatever. Toss but he's like, no, I'm going to use it as a weapon. Yeah. Stick it but in it your was, prison wallet, something. <laughs> it was pretty cool, though, to see him bust a guy open with it. I thought that was cool. Um, and then he, he wears it around his neck. And I was like, well, why would you yeah, just make it go away? Like, someone right. can knock you down and take that off of your neck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. Anything would have been better than that. Um, Daniels ends up missing a shot off the top. He comes off the top, misses, hits Skipper. Um, Storm spears him, and what's he do? He grabs the key, and Harris uncuffs himself. So yep. it really didn't last that long, the, ha- the handcuffs uh, situation. No, but you lose the key, dude, that's game over. Right, right, that would have been it. Yeah, he would be, he'd still be there now. We, he would never <laughs> have gotten him out of there. Kurt Angle um, has a, a long career with TNA, and he's still handcuffed to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, was American Mrs. Wanted fires up and they put Daniel's face first into the cage like 12 times. Like they just go crazy on him. Now they're really using the cage. Yep. And um, Harris is lifting Daniel's into a suplex and smashing him into the cage, which is pretty cool. Like he's got him in like a standing suplex position and smashing him into the cage. Yep. I thought that was kind of, that was pretty in, uh, creative. Yeah, it's unique. You haven't really seen that before. Also, yeah. Um, this is an example we get of how I, I like that they're, you don't win by escaping. You just have to use the cage. Nose, yeah. no, no, yeah. that slow yeah. climb. Use it to brutalize your opponent. Yeah. Um, we get an overhead shot, and then you can see how bloody the mat is. And then I wish they had used a different color for the canvas because the canvas is pretty dark. So you, I guess that must have been just their standard color, and they're not thinking about that. But if someone had thought about it, hey, there's going to be a lot of blood in the main event. Yeah. Put down a lighter color canvas. Yeah, to really showcase that. It would have added to it. Yeah, WWE already had that. You know, like they always use that like kind of light blue, sky blue right, canvas. Right. So blood really showed up. It pops didn't off. Work that, yeah. as, didn't work as well here, but I'm sure it was just nobody thinking about it or nobody knew where to get a lighter color canvas. Yeah. Um, Don West says Daniels is going to look like a pizza. I don't know what that hmm. means. I think Don West is getting hungry. He's getting late in the show. <laughs> that was code for the truck. Send Don a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or t- tell him to go home. I got to get out of here and eat. <laughs> um, Triple X hits the death sentence on Harris but he kicks out they go for another and Daniels tells Skipper to go all the way up to the top um, Storm stops Daniels and powerbomb uh, he powerbombs Skipper from the cage two count Daniels hits his finisher what was his finisher called? Uh, Angel Wings is that what it was? Angel? It's something to do with Angels I think Yeah. Daniels finisher right? yeah Daniels. Yeah, Angel Wings or Angels okay. Wings Okay, he hits Angel's Wings, two count. Um, then how do we end up on top of the cage? Someone else fucking get me there. Yeah, uh, was it Storm that got put up there? He was um, fighting Daniels or something, and he was like sitting on the top of the cage, and then he like knocks. Yeah, Dan- 
Yeah, Storm, Daniel tries to climb up and Storm chases him. Um, and then he ends up sitting on the cage. Yeah, he said, yeah. So, yeah, Storm ends up sitting on the cage with his feet inside. Right. Which is really just a strange position to be in. Like, okay, this has never happened in the history of cage matches, but okay. And then yeah, he's sitting on it like a, he's sitting on it like it's a swing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then Skipper goes up. Skipper goes up and he climbs, he climbs up the corner and he stands on top of the cage. And I've done this before. And facing the really crowd, like. Facing the crowd. So to go to the top of something like that, I've done this at work. I had to learn how to climb towers, the big 80 foot electric towers. Right. And they have you sit out on a rail on your ass and then stand up on it. Um, and I had a harness above me with a rope that I could use to balance myself. Skipper didn't have anything like that. So you think about shit, if you're dude. sitting on. Yeah. So think about if you're if you're sitting on the floor and you got to get your feet right under your ass. You got nothing to lift yourself up on. So I, it took him a long, long time to do this. It took like Storm. the longest two minutes to find his footing on that opposite. Yeah, yeah and yeah. James Storm had to just sit there prone this whole time. But it looked. Goofy, but having done that, I can see why it took him so long, especially on the top of a chain link fence where you have the points of the chain link. Right. And he runs over that, and I didn't even realize it was this match until the it started to get set up. That's where you see that Hurricane Rana from the top of the cage that's been in every TNA highlight reel for the last 18 years. Well, I don't think it's just an iconic moment for TNA. I think it's an iconic wrestling moment. That I would Hurricane definitely Rana from the say top so. Of the cage. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's right up there with Jeff Hardy and uh, Edge doing the spear hanging for the belt. Yeah, absolutely. One of those things everyone's seen it a million times. Even if you don't watch Tina, you've seen it somewhere in yeah. some YouTube highlight video or whatever. Yeah, even if you know, don't know the guys in that shot, you know mm-hmm. exactly what shot we're talking about with that hurricane run off the top of the cage. It's, right. in my opinion, just one of the most iconic wrestling moments ever. Yeah, yeah. This really um, exemplifies how I, I felt that TNA, or while WWE had the entertainment, TNA had the wrestling. That was just a beauty yeah. it was showcased totally. in this match totally. for sure yeah yeah and i thought that should have been the end of the match but it wasn't but then i ended up changing my mind about that as we went on which was really normally matches like that there's no coming back from that once you don't pin a guy it's like that kind of ruins so many ecw matches have done that for me yeah but um we get a four-man tower of doom which i actually didn't like and i never liked that it was and a little should, sloppy looked a little gnarly when they were it's hitting sloppy the and it looks fake and contrived and it's yes just, dumb and it should be called the human centipede anyway <laughs> like it's not even a good name um but when it gets really good toward the end as harris drags daniels to the corner and handcuffs his ass yes that Payback. was great it, and that was what brought the match 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 back for me after not pinning after that hurricane run i was like this finally is the great. heel like, move totally. is finally gonna take place mm-hmm. yeah yeah right it really right. brought this whole match like full circle and mm-hmm. really put the exclamation point on their story so well yeah. done Right, and I'm marking out at this point. Oh, for sure. Um, Skipper takes a super kick, and it's looking bad for Triple X. Um, and then we get a... He ends up taking a uh, superplex? How do... Yes. Yeah, that was... He He ends up taking a superplex, and that's the end of the match. Uh, well, yeah, AMW ends up hitting Skipper with Triple X's finisher. Like they were going to yeah. go for the death sentence, which is AMW's finisher. They hit Triple right. X's finisher instead and then pin Skipper with that. Right. That's right. I forgot it was their finisher. So yeah. again, just the storytelling in this match with the feud that they had was just so good. Like say what mm-hmm. you will about TNA, but they really showed off when they could do something well, they did it. And that was this match. Right. When they booked the right guys in the right scenario, yes. they could do. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that was it. That was it for the uh, pay-per-view. And so with that said, I had on paper that... What was that, Adam? that's also it for Triple X. They have to disband. Yeah, and so on paper, Mm -hmm. I had Petey and Saban with Match of the Night. But when it was all said and done, this easily became Match of the Night. Totally, totally. I had the same thing I had. I had the main event was the best match. Petey and Saban was the second best match. Yeah. Clean Uh, sweep. Overall, it was a really good... Me three. It had some bad... Yeah. There were some bad parts of the match. The Macho Man stuff was a waste, you know, unless he was hurt. It it was a waste, and unless he was hurt, it was actually kind of bullshit, you know what I mean, to advertise Macho Man on pay-per-view, and then that's what you do with him. It was almost like a bait-and-switch, dude, really, the mm-hmm. the shit that they pulled, because he wasn't really in the it main didn't event really for run- more than, what, three minutes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the backstage shit was ridiculous, and... Oh, uh, when, uh, when uh, Vince was uh, being uh, taken to the or taken out through an ambulance. Obvious, the, obviously, that's Triple H. He said, Daddy, I couldn't find the video because I found the gym. Oh, Jesus. I, I just, Why? I just thought, what are you poking the bear for? It was completely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. And I'm sure you know, even Dusty was probably like, you guys, this is fucking dumb. That's maybe why he had phoned care. it in. Yeah, what does Vince care about this yeah. shit? Yeah. Like, right. whose attention are you trying to get? Yeah. So kind of the last thing I have on on this pay-per-view is um, it's actually pretty crazy to see how guys' careers turned out because you got Monty Brown, right, who you would have thought would have been a huge deal and he just kind of showed up in WWE for ECW to, yeah. for a minute Yep. as Marcus Corvon. Was Corvon, that his name? yep. Yeah, didn't really do anything there. I nope. don't remember if he quit or if he got cut and then he was kind of just over after that. Oh, shoot, um, that's right. He was uh, part of that new breed. Yes. Yeah, the new breed. Right, so I guess he would have had a match at 23, I think. He, he was, he was in that team. match, yes. Yeah, so that Only would have been the highlight of his career. I think there was totally. also Elijah Burke and Kevin Thorne. Yeah. yeah. There was one yeah. other person. They were part of the same group. Okay. Yeah. Um, Abyss kind of never really went further than he did. Um, Petey Williams, Chris Saban, kind of just... It's surprising how many guys stayed there. Like, you'd think WWE would have picked up some, some of those guys because they had the cruiserweight division... Isn't Petey in WWE as like a a backstage guy? I think he might be now, yeah. But I think Saban is still with Impact. Yes. I think he is, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, they still had a cruiserweight division because remember they had that cruiserweight invitation or whatever at 20, so that would have been the same year as this. Yeah, that's right. I think some of these guys would have gotten picked up back then, but just didn't. Um, AJ, no surprise, he is where he is now. The only thing surprising is it took as long as it did. Right, yeah. Daniels, I think, would have gotten hired at WWE, but he botched that move in that tryout match. Um, oh. That time, remember, he landed on his head. He did that springboard and landed on his head. And that was it. He never, I don't think he even got a second shot. Yeah. And the biggest one to me is James Storm. Like, you really would have thought, remember, he showed up in um, NXT. He was years in ago NXT for, like, for a second. For a second, he didn't have a contract. He was yeah. on TV once or twice and he went straight back. Yeah. And that was that. You were, I really would have thought he'd be one of the guys. Bobby Roode eventually made it there. It took him years. Yep. But uh, Storm, I would have thought, would have shown up there. For sure. Still don't know what happened to Pat Kenny. Really wondered about that one. I'm not wondering. He's selling hot tubs, I bet. Hot tubs? He's a hot tub salesman in a mall. Or he works at Hot Tropics cleaning hot tubs. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Take your honey to a hot tub. He needs to get back to Don West. uh, Teach me some of those marketing tactics, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, that's the bigger question. Where is Don West? I don't. I also don't care. <laughs> I'm just glad he's not making me buy sports cards anymore. He probably does a guy. podcast like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> One that I don't listen to. 
Right. Yeah, you probably get less downloads than us. Too. <laughs> Come on, nobody gets less downloads than us. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> we hope all of you enjoyed this TNA pay-per-view. If you want to check it out, it is available on YouTube. Again, this is Turning Point 2004. And please uh, let us know what you think about our coverage of this pay-per-view. Share your uh, opinions on the social media platforms, uh, in, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Definitely want to hear from you, and please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and smash that subscribe button. On behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching. We'll see you next time with another great episode. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe somebody will still be handcuffed to the ring. I don't know, but we'll see you next time for another great episode. One, two, three, mahi mahi. No, really, who the fuck is Pat Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> this is